So I thought I'd uh, go through with you the two references uh, to the breaking of the tablets. And uh, the first one is in Shmos 32, verse 19 to 20. And Moses is coming down the mountain. If you can read those two psukim, 19 and 20. And it came to pass as soon as he came nigh unto the camp that he saw the calf and the dancing, and Moses' anger waxed hot, and he cast the tablet, the tables out of his hands, and broke them beneath the mount. Now that in the Hebrew is Vayashlech Miyodov. He cast out of his hands etaluchos, vayashaber osom, and he smashed them tachazahor. So, um, um, vayashaber osom, he smashed them, right? Nineteen and twenty. Carry on. So he takes the and he took the calf which they had made and burnt it with fire and ground it to powder and stirred it into the water. <coughs> And made the ch children of Israel drink of it. Go to verse 26. Vayamod Moshe Bishar Machane, Vayomer Mila Lashem Alai, Vayasu Elav Kol Bene Levi. So Moses stands at the gate and says, Who's on the Lord's side? Come to me. And all the sons of Levi come to him. Right? No one else comes but they. Carry on. Vayomer lahem ko mar Hashem elokei Israel simu ish harbo al yerecho ivru yeshuvu mishar leshar b'machane yehergu ish et achiv ish et reehu ish et karavu. And in English, and he said unto them, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel. Put ye every man his sword upon his thigh, and go to and fro from gate to gate throughout the camp. And in English? And he said unto them, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, Put ye every man his sword upon his thigh, and go to and fro from gate to gate throughout the camp and slay every man his brother, and every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. And what happened? Verse 28. And the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and there fell of the people that day about 3,000 men. Now let's go to Deuteronomy, to Devarim, chapter 9. <clears throat> and I want you to see uh, the recounting of what took place 
in chapter 9, verse 17 to 21. Melda, is she okay? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I took hold of the two tables and cast them out of my two hands and broke them before your eyes. Um, 18. And I fell down before the Lord, as at the first forty days and forty nights, I did neither eat bread nor drink water, because of all your sin which ye sinned, in doing that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, to provoke him. For I was in dread of the anger and hot displeasure, <coughs> wherewith the Lord was wroth against you to destroy you, but the Lord hearkened unto me that time also. Next. Moreover, the Lord was very angry with Aaron to have destroyed him, and I prayed for Aaron also at the same time. 21. I took your sin, the calf which he had made, and burnt it with fire, and beat it in pieces, grinding very small until until it was as fine as dust, and I cast the dust thereof onto the brook that descended out of the mount. Okay. And then let's go to twenty-five. <clears throat> So I fell down before the Lord the forty days and forty nights that I fell down because the Lord had said he would destroy you. Okay. And I prayed unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, destroy not thy people and thine inheritance that thou hast redeemed through thy greatness that thou hast brought forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Last one. <clears throat> Remember thy servants Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, look not unto the stubbornness of this people, nor to their wickedness, nor to their sin. So, we have two accounts that are not really compatible. If you compare the Shmos account in Exodus to the Deuteronomy account in Devarim, uh, we find very interesting uh, contrast. First of all, is Aaron even mentioned in Shmos? No. It's, that sticks out like a sore thumb, meaning 
and I prayed on behalf of Aaron because the Lord was very angry with him. <coughs> um, according to the Shmos uh, pericope, the plague uh, upon the people uh, was sent by God in 32:35, but in 32:20 it was Moses who made the people drink the water. Uh, contaminated with that toxic powder from the ashes of the golden calf, seemingly for the purpose of poisoning them, uh, all of those who had worshipped the calf. Um, however, in Devorim, what, where did Moshe, what did Moshe do? <clears throat> he takes that toxic ash and he throws it into a brook uh, so that the waters would carry the ashes away without anyone being made to drink that concocted toxic beverage. Um, it appears that the statement that we first read in Shmos is the introduction to Moshe's statement at the end. Then when it says, on the morrow, Moshe said to the people, uh, that accommodates the transition from a separate narrative telling of Moses seeking to atone for the sin of the Israelites uh, by blotting, by offering his own life. Mecheni nom is if, you, if you're going to destroy them, then blot me out. <clears throat> so his willingness to die to atone for the sins of the Israelites uh, is what then assuages the anger of the divine. And these two separate uh, places um, <clears throat> about the smashing of the tablets come to a head when the, the Gemara in Bava Basra uh, says that when we uh, discuss in this week's Pasha the construction of the um, the construction of the Orem, the Ark itself, what was placed in the Orem? Uh, what was placed in the Orem in our Pasha, <coughs> when it says the Osiso es Orem, Um, you should place in it what is placed in it. Tablets. And what does it say? The Osiso es Oron, the Samta es Edut. You shall put in the Edut. So the question is, uh, what is the adult? And uh, <clears throat> um, it seems that uh, everyone has a pro uh, ha has a problem with that. Um, Rashi says uh, that. Um, that the Oron is, um, that is, Edut is the uh, Torah. Um, others say that it's the, um, the, uh, it's the Luchos. Um, <clears throat> the Rambam in the Sefer Mitzvahs <clears throat> seem to hold that the mitzvah of building the Oron is part of the general mitzvah to build the Mishkan. Whereas um, the Ramban 
and the Rabbeinu Sadiagon disagree and consider the building of the Aaron as an independent mitzvah. Um, the Rambam explains very interestingly that the purpose of the Aaron was not designed like the other vessels of the Mishkan, like the Shulchan, the Mizbeach, uh, the Menorah. It wasn't designed to be part of any useful avoda of any ritual, but rather to house the luchos, which represent the presence of Hashem or the Torah. Um, now the Gemara in Bava Basra says something very interesting. It says uh, the luchos and the shivrei luchos, munachim uh, ba'orom, that the that the um, broken tablets after this whole event of smashing the tablets uh, were to be placed alongside the um, re-hewn new tablets. And the question is why. So here in 2510, and they should make an oron. <clears throat> right? And this is the length and breadth of it. Um, and uh, and inside is placed the luchos. Inside is placed uh, the uh, the el ha'aron. That's uh, Exodus twenty five sixteen. You shall place in the aron eight ha'edut. The Eidut I will give you. But what we don't know what that Eidut is. So, so Rashi says, HaTorah. Shehi Eidut. It's a witness. Beini u'beinchem. Between me and you. Shetzivisi etchem mitzvahs ha'ketuvos bo. So it's a kind of tautology. I'm putting in the Torah, which is the Eidut. Eidut is some kind of proof that can I can use against you, right? It's testimony. It's proof that you promised to keep this Torah. I'm giving you that Eidut. And so Rashi says, well, that Eidut is, uh, <coughs> is the actual Torah itself. Others say, of course, uh, um, that it's the Luchos. And then comes this enigmatic um, Gemara in Baba Basra 14b, in which, uh, in which um, the broken tablets were placed along with uh, the re- the reestablished tablets. That means the second tablets and the broken tablets were placed together. So the broken tablets were not buried. Uh, one major says that as he smashed them, the letters flew away. Once the letters flew away, it became too heavy. Another one in Picatur of Laser says that it was six by six. God, it was a power struggle. God was pulling, he wanted to retrieve the tablets after he saw what was going on with the, the sin of the golden calf. So he's pulling the top two Amos. Moses is pulling the bottom two and somehow it's smashed. So there's this kind of tug of war in another Midrash. Beautiful, beautiful Midrashim. But they were not buried, which is what we normally do with Hektish, in which we have no things, we don't know what to do with it. You, it it's, it's tuna kvura. 
but it isn't. They're placed in the most sacred place in the Arana Kodesh, right next to the second tablets. So you now have the arrow, the Ten Commandments of the new tablets, and the shattered fragments of the old tablets, according to the Gemara and Baba Basra. Why do broken pieces remain so precious and inside? Um, this idea of brokenness, say hello, say hello, you want to learn some Torah? So this idea of brokenness is a metaphor. Um, the Kotzka says that, uh, that the only heart that will allow the divine in is a broken heart. Um, there's a notion of brokenness in Yahadus. For instance, if you can tell me what of the shofar is broken. There are three parts to the shofar blowing. Takia, that's a long sound. Trua is broken note. Broken notes because of the wailing and crying that it evokes. Um, we bring, we break the Seder. <coughs> we start the Seder table by um, breaking the middle matzah. And the Koshnitzer Magid says, whoever sees the Seder and is not broken first, by breaking the matzah, you're breaking the heart for the story, uh, doesn't understand the whole purpose of the Seder. When a bride and groom start out their life, at the end of the ceremony, they shatter the glass. They shatter the glass based on Talmudic stories about, uh, about too much uh, frivolity and to remind us of the destruction of the temple. Um, so there's this idea of brokenness that, um, that are represented by the fact that we insist in this wonderful Agadah uh, in Bava Basra that the broken tablets should remain. That maybe, um, if you think about it, um, literally, the broken tablets, um, what are they? When you write on something, there are three levels of writing. The first level is just with ink. And we know from the Cairo Geniza that... that um, Do you want to play with your toy? Where's that toy? Where's that car? The Cairo Geniza, uh, they would reuse and recycle parchment so that with infrared you can see <clears throat> that underneath the first layer there was a previous use by the ink. So the ink allows us to look at but it's all surface. It can be rubbed out, the next thing can be written on that parchment. The second is um, this idea of, of hewing, of etching into, where when we have tattoos, there are different types of tattooing, right? There's tattoos that you go locally, which there's a kind of etching on the skin, but it's very superficial. And I have patients who have prison, prison tattoos. And these tattoos, you first have to make an incision and then pour the ink in. That's a deeper type of writing. There's a writing in which you scratch into the parchment or you etch out of the stone like in a cemetery in the, in the <clears throat> gravestone. You know, you actually etch out the letters of the name. That's taking it out of the... It's much more 
it's much more violent. It's taking out the stone. And then the third type is Mishneh Evrechim, that the, the tablets, the, the hewn tablets that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote, or Etzba Elohim, with the finger of God, actually went all the way through. So the Aleph went all the way through. You could see right through it. The miracle was that if you turned the stone around, uh, it would look the same way. That's the miracle. Each one represents a different type of etching. And when the, 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 the fragments are broken, what is being said is when the, 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 the letters fly away, those are the divine letters that represent Torah. But what's left is what it was written on. It's written on the hearts, the luchos, the heart of Am Yisrael. So those frat, shattered fragments represent Klal Yisrael. You can't take that away. And yet we are told that the Shivrei Luchos and the Luchos are Munochim Ba'oram, that both are placed in the Aram. So for me, that means that and the Shofar and the Matzah and, you know, this idea of breaking the glass, Chasen and Kala. This shattered notion represents the validation of our shattered lives, our broken lives. It represents the fact that we have to bring that into our Vodas Hashem <coughs> the way we bring the good stuff, you know? The black letters on the white letters, right? The black fire on the white fire, the luchos, the letters of the luchos. Everything has to be uh, combined with the... Everything has to be combined with the brokenness as well. And uh, I think that that's the message here. The message here is that um, it's not just it's not just a uh, story about disobedience anymore. It's a story about man's hunger for the divine, the fact that Moshe didn't show up on time, and that uh, he was willing to sacrifice himself for our sin. And at the result of all of that comes this new teaching. Uh, that the brokenness must be included uh, with with the appropriateness and the uh, the official reading, the official version of the new Torah that's coming out from the new the new version. Does that make sense? <clears throat> it's a reading against the grain. I, I agree, um, but I was always moved by that notion of these shattered fragments. And of course, in the post-Holocaust world, uh, that for me is a healing text. It allows me to um, to find validation in 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 my brokenness.